this serves as a preface to this conversation with one of my good friends, Noah, who's been on the podcast multiple times. We were driving somewhere together and we had free time. So we thought, hey, let's just film a podcast real quick and discuss natural law more. Um, so we hope you guys enjoy this and get something out of it. And go read that Romans 10 text that we bring up. I also want to say that the the view that I hold on when Noah and I get to the salvific nature of natural law, I, I think there's no salvation whatsoever in, in natural law. I think it only comes through the word of God, of the good news of Jesus Christ. I don't think that the creation and the laws of nature can ever bring one to salvation. So that's my official stance on this. And you guys can hear out what Noah says. And if you're convinced, then by all means. But I would encourage you to go search the scriptures and um, see if that is a possibility. So enjoy this podcast. Sorry that the audio is atrocious. Hopefully you can still hear it. I, you know, we were in a car, so I had to kind of take out some of that background audio, which may have messed up some of the other audio. So hopefully you guys can still make out what's being said. I know I can kind of make it out, but then again, I know what we were talking about, so it makes sense that I would. So enjoy this podcast. Bombshell about natural law. I guess. I think I'm gonna turn your world upside down. You can. I'm just kidding. I was listening to a. Trying to record a podcast. I'm doing it right now. Are you really? Yeah. Oh, the whole conversation. Now I'll just cut out things that are like this. <laughs> yeah, like are right now. Doing a podcast. Like right now. <laughs> Um, I feel like a fool. Okay, go. So, I was listening to Apologia Studios, and they were talking about natural law and the constraints of it. And I think sometimes, especially a lot of people we read, um, so like Locke and Hobbes. Sorry, I'm holding books right now, so I can't work. Like, a lot of the... I try, and I just can't. Yeah, box car, that's cool. So, they... You know, they have a good understanding of natural law, but I think what they do is they conflate the revelation of God and what's been revealed to human society... Like, human Christian society that we take for granted that actually isn't based in natural law. And they try to base it in natural law. So, what I, and I do think that sometimes you do that too, conflate it and then stretch natural law too far and kind of have it supersede what scripture actually does without realizing that it's it's scripture and uh, you just say it's natural law because they should agree 100%. They agree and natural law is intuitive to humans. Sometimes it, it, like Paul says in Romans, uh, Romans chapter two, right? It accuses yeah. them or it excuses them, and it's not an infallible knowledge of human reasoning. Like human reasoning, like it can get you to these principles, the law of nature, 
the law that's written on the heart, you can understand these principles from reasoning and the human mind. I get that, 100%. But I think sometimes what's been revealed throughout a Christian culture that sometimes these philosophers conflate with that should just be the revelation of God. So, like, what I think natural law is... Do you have any examples? Well, I'm, yeah, I'm going to get there just a second. So, like, I'm going to tell you what I think natural law, how far it stretches what I see being a true example of natural law, and then being some, and then I'm going to give some examples of philosophers or political theorists in, in a Christian nations actually stretch natural law too far. So, in the Amazon jungle or Africa, just little like small tribes in Africa, you know, there's that. Have you ever heard of that island off the coast of India that has the only like non-communicating group in the world? Have you heard of that? And a missionary took a boat out to the island to try to evangelize them, and they shot him with arrows and killed him. <laughs> like they're just—they have no contact with the outside world. They're literally on an island all by themselves. And you know, these societies like that—I think that is natural law. That. Within their society, they do cannibalize. They eat each other. They do all sorts of horrendous things. Sometimes it accuses them. Sometimes it excuses them. They, it's ambiguous. But what they do know, some of the principles are easier than others just based off of logic and reason. So, like, well, you need reason to understand natural law. Without reason. Exactly. Yeah. No, no, 100%. People are unreasoning. That's true. Like, we would say that's unreasonable. But the course of human nature left to its own devices without any revelation of God will manifest in... Well, for instance, you have something like the Aztecs. They had no no um, exposure to the Word of God, yet they had, like, what, you know, like their Tenochtitlan or like whatever that major city was, like their yeah. big city. That had millions of people in it. It was like the size of Indianapolis. It was millions and millions of people in uh, in Mexico, the Aztecs, and you know they were cannibalizing each other. They were eating each other. They were more sophisticated. So I think they sacrificed humans. They, they did. Okay, that's and, true. And you know, like all of these societies also are heavily influenced by demonic activity as well. Yeah, like negative movement away from natural. Sure. I guess maybe I don't see I think human reason can be like human reason can be taught and encouraged and matured in a human individual. For instance, when babies are born, they're unreasoning. They're irrational animals. Babies are irrational animals. They're not. They don't reason at all. As they grow up, they learn. If you don't teach a baby how to reason and how to basically be a functional member of society, they can remain at a very low level of reason, low level of natural law, of understanding of what's right and what's wrong. Basically, have to remain under the government of their parents. Exactly, yeah. So, I do think it can be increased and matured in human societies and in human individuals, all that kind of stuff. But I think sometimes some of the blessings of understanding the revelation of God and what God has told us that some philosophers push too far for 
and call it natural law when it's actually just, hey, you live in a Christian society that's had this revealed to them from the, from the revelation of God. That was risky. And I think it's something like... Things... Okay, those societies I kind of named off, they understand thou shalt not murder. But there is a time where those societies will, like I said, cannibalize, or like you said, human sacrifice, all that kind of stuff. They are negatively impacted by demonic forces that probably mess up their ability to reason naturally. But I think knowing not to do something like that is a blessing of the revelation of God. That's why all the cultures around Israel had something like that. The Canaanites, the pagans, um, I think even Greek mythology had stuff like that, where there was human sacrifices given like that. And that seems to be as far as natural law kind of stretches. And then revelation of God kind of tells us to do not murder the sense of sacrificing a human to a false god, a god that doesn't even exist, that kind of stuff. Um, You know, to me, it kind of reminds me of some of the arguments for God's existence, like, just based off of logic and reason, you can get yourself to God's existence. Like, I'm a presuppositional apologetic person. I think the human reason and rationale and logic can give you a lot of answers, but I don't think it gets you as far as knowing God, the true God. I don't think, I don't think that's possible. That's why um, in Romans chapter 1, Paul says the things can be about God to be able to see that he's powerful, that he's eternal, all that stuff, but you can't actually know him, and you can't know Jesus. That's why later on in Romans, he says, how can they believe in him who they haven't heard? You know, you have to go out and preach the gospel. You have to share the word of God for people to be, this knowledge to be revealed. He also says, immediately after, have they not heard? Yes, they have, and then he quotes, what, Psalm 19, that says, all of creation points to the word of God, so... I think you can come to an understanding that there is a God. Obviously, you can't know about the person of Jesus Christ without somebody preaching to you. But yeah. God can absolutely reveal himself to somebody without human intervention. Although, obviously, humans are his primary instrument in revealing the gospel. But, like, I think like in heaven, there will be people who never heard about Christ, but like... God open their mind to actually worship and serve him. Because like as humans we innately do understand like the difference between right and wrong is natural law. Uh, it's like Well sometimes and like I think from that you can come to under have an understanding of who God is because God is love. Huh. I don't know, but don't you think that kind of collapses into universalism? You don't even need Jesus. If you want, you can believe it. Like, why did God send Jesus? I didn't understand. Like, yes, he had to pay the penalty of sin. But, like, if, if he's the only way, the way, the truth, the life, like, doesn't that kind of open the door for universalism that even the Amazonian doesn't need to be evangelized? They can figure it out. They have natural law. They have human reasoning. They'll be able to figure out there's a God eventually. You know what I mean? Like, don't you think it kind of leaves the door open for everybody can be saved without Jesus? Say no, because otherwise he wouldn't have commanded us to go and evangelize people. And the Holy Spirit wouldn't be moving in us to go and evangelize people. 
I'm, what point are you trying to make that? If he commands us to do that, doesn't it mean that it's actually possible for them to come to a saving knowledge? Not necessarily. Why would it? Because I, I just think that I'm was like, playing devil's advocate yeah. here. I'd like to know what you think. Well, I'm just, I'm just trying to make sense of what Paul is saying. Like, first of all, let me go see what he says right after that verse about how they believe. Ernest. Okay. Okay. How then? This is starting at fourteen. Oh wait, I'll start at thirteen. For everyone who calls on the name of the Lord will be saved. How then will they call on him whom they have not believed? How are they to believe in him of whom they have never heard? And how are they to hear without someone preaching? And how are they to preach unless they are sent? As it is written, how beautiful are the feet of those who preach the good news! But they have not all obeyed the gospel. For Isaiah says. Lord, who has believed what he has heard from us? So faith comes from hearing and hearing from the word of Christ. And they said, and then here, I think here's your psalm. But I ask, have they not heard? Indeed they have, for their voice has gone out to all the earth and their words to the, to the ends of the world. But I ask that Israel not understand. First Moses says, so it seems to me like that comes right on the heels of Romans chapter 9, which is talking about how God has God, has, has the unfaithfulness of Israel messed up God's faithfulness towards Israel. And he says, no, Israel isn't completely cut off. God is still faithful to Israel. There's a remnant. And then he goes straight to Romans 10 saying, they have her. The, the, the Israelites have her. They know. You know, Abraham did. Abraham had faith. That's kind of the whole point of the book of Romans is like, Abraham by faith believing God, it was counted to him as righteousness. Like, this is weird. So I think that's the argument that he's making. Not that creation can tell somebody that there is a God and you can, that that's enough to be saved. I think what he's saying there is the Jews have heard from all the earth. They understood. So what do you think he's talking about? He, he does, but is it, a, is it, does it have the power to save? Does creation have the power to save? So then How is understanding that there's a creator from creation? How would that get someone saved? Like, where's the repentance? Where's the belief in Christ? For God, like, I don't know what to say. It's the same way anybody else is saying. God does a supernatural work. That's true. I mean, yeah, it is always supernatural when someone's saved. Even to us that get to hear Jesus' name and believe in Jesus. Obviously, if you know Christ, if you have the Bible, there are people that are saved that can't read the Bible. Yeah. Faith comes through hearing. It was taught to them. So we that are able to study God's word and know Christ, obviously we have much better means to communicate the gospel. It's it's not like quite completely clear. We can, we can say things that are true. Jesus is it's the light of the world. All these things. Like we don't even fully understand what they mean, but they're absolutely true. And God can use 
you know, the foolishness of what we say to bring people to repentance and saving faith. Yeah. I I think it's possible that he can do that with creation itself. So then what is your motivation to go out and preach? Is it just because God created us or because it's necessary? I mean, both. Like, there are people that wouldn't be saved unless I tell them the gospel. Yeah. And, like, that means that there are my brothers and sisters who I'm going to spend eternity with, that it's my duty to be a steward of the message that is not only mine because it was delivered to me, but it's passing through me. There's going to be generations after me save Christ returning who will need to carry on the message. But it's like, if anything, it's probably an, like an anomaly or just a far outlier. If that ever happens, somebody yeah. can be saved through just creation. Is that what you're saying? Yeah. Like, that's not frequent. I can imagine that it would be. I mean, you know, I'm sure Christ can reveal himself to people in dreams. Like, yeah. There's no method can't use. You can save any person wherever they are, how he wants to. Okay. But it's absolutely true that there's no way Christ is God. You know, God is Christ. They're inseparable. Yeah. Yeah, I mean, there is an element of God's word in creation. He spoke over creation. Created, like, creation is the word of God in a sense. Um, but I do, I do think that taking a line of thinking like that does give way too much credence to the human's ability to reason. Like, yes, we can reason, but we gotta remember, like, I, I think we need to remember that when Adam and Eve sinned, they had perfect natural law for them. They were, they were perfectly able to reason in the garden and then something happened they sit they sit and sin is irrationality it is going against what just makes sense common sense what is what is right you know but it's really not that clear all the time it's not I think it was absolutely clear they chose to break the break the law though yeah exactly yeah I mean it was a in a sense it was a rational act of their will to sin but it's also irrationality because it they've been told what was good in a sense they were deceived so I do think that like the fall impacts our ability to reason more than probably what you would think and what a lot of philosophers would claim by natural law. And I think that the only way to actually understand natural law is you have to be a Christian. You have to have your conscience healed so you can actually reason well once again rather than your sin getting in the way because we have wrong desires. So we won't be able to reason well because our desires will always be for sin unless we're saved in Christ. So that's kind of like why I take the line of thinking. And honestly, I do think that Paul is not saying there that the whole world has no God spoken. I think he's talking about Israel. Israel's heard there. Uh, Yeah, because he also quotes Isaiah saying, like, who has believed what he heard from us? Like, not everybody. Like, everybody who lives, is, as Paul says in Romans 1, it's clear to them yeah. through God's divine nature and eternal power that there is a God. 
Yeah. They just reject. They willfully choose to reject the knowledge of God. Yeah. And so they're condemned forever. It's just punishment. Yeah. Yeah, okay. I think I see what you're saying. Uh, is she? Cool. I definitely like maybe that's more true today, just because natural law isn't at all commonly understood nowadays by hardly anybody. You'll find very few people that even know what natural law is. Yeah. I think in the past it could have been different. Especially, you know, right after the fall, Adam was probably a very good teacher. He probably passed down the knowledge of natural law pretty well for a while. Yeah. Well, and I do think that the reason why... So I just, you know, I finished that Just War Theory book, and they talk about international law and international law being rooted in the natural law. And all of the these Just War theorists are always Christians. I mean, there are some other religions that have Just War theorists, but not on the level of the way Christians have um, added to that conversation. And it's because Christians actually have a conscience that's made alive in Christ where we can actually reason well. So that's why all of our international law is based in Christian ethics, because it's been revealed to us through God's word, and then now we're able to reason again and continue on with natural law. And that's why I think of conscience is necessarily correlated. Uh, okay, like I see what you're saying, but like it's definitely true that the only way to have a, a clear <sighs> conscience is through being cleansed by Christ. Yeah. But, like, I don't think that that's necessary. It's necessarily true that that needs to happen for you to be able to reason. Well. Like, yes, yeah. it helps a lot, especially with like, a lot of people. Yeah. Like, yeah, I think if I hadn't have been saved, I would not be nearly as reasonable as I am. But I don't think it's necessary to be a reasonable person. So. Like, let's just say an atheist philosopher that is a rationalist, empiricist, all these things. Would you trust their ability to reason to natural law? Because they have an understanding of natural law as well. It's everybody. Everybody understands it to some extent. Um, would you trust their ability to reason naturally what is right and wrong versus an untrained in reason and logic? Christian who just knows the word of God. Yes. You would, you would trust the philosopher more? Or the Christian yeah, more? because, I mean, the Christian, if they're not trained in reason, they may as well be a child. I'll trust that the man, even if he's not a Christian, over the child. Which is why, like, I absolutely think it's true that in our government, I don't want to put somebody in office who's a Christian but doesn't understand natural law, I would rather put in somebody who's not a Christian but does understand natural law or will protect my rights. Yeah. Because, like, that's their job. Like, in government, the job of a politician, not even a politician, I don't even like the word politician, the job of anybody in government of the United States of America is to protect the rights of the citizens. It's not to be a good Christian. 
I say that the per, that the Christian was articulate in the Word of God? They understood they're competent in the Word of God. Did I make that qualifier? So, but my understanding is that natural law is based in the ethic and rationale that is revealed to us in Scripture. Sure. So, and like, if somebody under, if somebody's more prone to understand natural law, sure, because yeah, he understands the Word of God, but he doesn't know it. Yeah, let's just say this person understands the Word of God. Like, you would, like, and they're competent in the Word of God. They understand it. They've been trained, you know, like, 2 Timothy 3.17, is it 3.17? That the, 3.16 and 17, that the, the, word, the word of God's, it's, it's breathed out by God that the man of God may be equipped for every good work. You're talking about, yeah. So if he's been, if, if this person understands the Word of God and is equipped for every good work, would you trust them to reason well with what's right and wrong, morally, ethically, than the the, the atheist philosopher who just has, a, has trained their formal logic, symbolic logic, reasoning capabilities? Like, would you, who would you trust more to, to like, defend, like, yeah, defend your rights? Probably the atheist. If I'm being honest. But aren't these rights that are being defended, you know, in the Constitution, they are given by God. Yes. So like if he doesn't even believe in God, he's just a rationalist. Or even we can talk about other religions too or whatever, like a Hindu or a you know, any polytheist, any monotheist that's not a Christian, like they can get closer, I think. But I feel like the atheist is further his way because they don't understand that it's endowed by their creator. They have no basis for why, you know? Well, whether they want to observe the true source of their beliefs or not doesn't matter to me. It's like, if this person understands, like, if he's rational, he understands, like, my rights, what they are, I would trust him to defend me more than I would somebody who understands the word of God, but doesn't understand liberty and the principles of liberty. Okay. That's just a lot of trust in human human reasoning and logic that I am comfortable with. Just because I think the fall is a lot more pervasive in our ability to reason. Like the, the, I don't think the atheist will be able to reason very well, even if, even if he's trained in the natural means of understanding what's right and wrong. It's still just so messed up, you know, in my mind, the way non-Christians will be able to reason with what's good and what's like. If if I don't know, what do you think about other religions? Like, yes, domestic abuse is. Based on natural law, domestic abuse is evil. Now we know from revealed scripture that that's that's evil from revealed scripture, but I think you can get there on natural law that that's evil. Yeah. Um, but the, the the Muslim, although they're monotheists, they believe in God. They have some scripture. They have the natural law. Kind of God. It is a demon. Allah is the same <laughs> himself. But I'm just saying, you know, in their holy book, it literally says like domestic abuse is okay. So that's what I'm saying, like, these people that have alternative alternative motives, like the atheist is a rationalist and empiricist and a, and a materialist. So he ha- he's going to have, based on his 
metaphysical understanding. He's going to have constraints on his ability to reason through what is ethically and morally good based on the laws of, laws of nature. I think it'll be messed up because of the fall. It'll look different for different, like for a Muslim or a Hindu, because they have different allegiances based on their metaphysical claims about reality. So, like, I just think it's going to mess up their ability to do that, which is why I would trust the Christian more than I would the, the trained atheist philosopher, because he's, he's going to have certain obligations that he won't be able to find a basis in or get there for natural law that he wouldn't supposed to. It's going to mess up his ability to reason. Probably at some point. Yeah, I imagine it won't be perfect. But, I mean, I would be somewhat comfortable if they could root it well enough and give me a little bit of faith that they will defend my rights kind of thing, you know. I would have to hear them out and hear how they root all this stuff. But at the end of the day, I think it's just going to, that their ability to reason is going to be messed up. I mean, nobody can reason perfectly, though. Even the Christian. Like, That's true. We see Christians all around America who, you know, they close their doors because the government tells them to. You know, church, church. Yeah, it's unreasoning. It's unreasonable. It's irrational. No, I do. I, I even, even Christian. I agree with that. Even Christians have sin still, indwelling sin that's going to mess up their ability to reason perfectly as well. But because there's more righteousness in the Christian and a, and a greater understanding of what sin is, I feel like the Christian's going to be able to at least have an easier path to understanding the law of nature. Yeah, I think I think that would make sense. Like, but I feel like they get there really quickly on a lot of the stuff just because they haven't revealed in the scripture. They don't have to reason and try to figure out logically how it makes sense. It's just like thou shalt not murder, thou shalt not lie. Like, you can figure out not to lie based on the natural law, but it, it takes a little bit longer, you know? I guess that's kind of what I'm saying. Yeah, like, if you have, like, the foundation of Christ, you know, the only firm foundation, the greatest foundation that ever is, like, you can pretty much anything, if he wills it, you can do it. I think I'll tell I did. Shoot. King, he's doing it right there. Okay, I guess that's really all I gotta say. I appreciate those thoughts. That's good. Sure. I mean, I didn't go back and read through Romans 10. I know, I'm learning too. That's, that's why I just learned, I just kind of picked up on that the other day. I was like, maybe this natural law theory is still a little too far. But I don't know. I, still need to just, I need to think about it more. I need to read more and. I'd like to pick up lock with you and really start getting a better understanding. I mean, I've had some training now in the natural law a little bit, but I need more. And I would like to think accurately on that. Because it is very useful. I mean, natural law is a great force for good as well. I mean, it's, it's a way to understand what's right and wrong. Devoid from the, um, the infallible word of God. Like, from Revelation. Like, that's awesome. That's useful for, for society. For that Like, I think... If you understand natural law, you'll be much more, much better to equip to understand the word of God. Yeah. Because they're, they coincide. Exactly. And that's also, it's encouraging because understanding God, knowing who God is doing, what God has asked of you, is actually reasonable and logical. That's what's cool about it, is that they should match up perfectly, which should give Christians 
much joy because it's like, wait a second, based on my logic and reason, what God has commanded me to do is reasonable and logical. It's like, that's awesome. Like, we don't yeah. have to be like, God, like God's asking me to do something that's too hard. It doesn't make any sense. It's actually like, yeah, it's not, it's not unreasonable, which is cool. Yeah, exactly. If it's unreasonable, you're not understanding the, the law of nature very well. Actually, it's So, yeah, like, it is just a way to discern God's will better. Because yeah. we know God is logical, reasonable. Yeah, and I, I do think some of it does, goes past logic and reason, because it'll say, Jesus says, deny yourself and pick up your cross daily. Without coming to understand what Jesus has done at the cross, that request is illogical. So, it, 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 at the end of the day, it, yeah. is, it is logical and rational, because if you want to lose your life, or, sorry, if you want to gain your life, you must gain it for my sake. And it's like, wait a second, that actually makes sense. Like, I do want to follow Jesus. That's rational and logical. I don't want to lose my life. Um, but I do think it, it takes a little bit. It takes revelation sometimes to get you to a logical, rational place. So it's not all just in your own mind. I think it does originate. A lot of it originates in God's word. It's like Jesus' request to us and killing ourselves daily. It's like, why would I kill myself? Why would I deny myself? Because, you know, based on logic and reason, I should be a hedonist. If I were an atheist, I would be a hedonist. I would just try to get as much pleasure as I can. But what's cool is that we actually are pursuing, we're pursuing life by killing ourselves. And that seems irrational at first until you understand the life that's in Christ. And it's like, yes.